Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Adventures in Hellworld presents Who Shot JFK? Who Shot JFK? Who Shot JFK? It was Lee Harvey Oswald. Hello, everybody. I am Mike Grains, aka Poker and Politics, and welcome to episode nine of Who Killed JFK? It was Lee Harvey Oswald. I am joined by your host and also female voice you will barely hear during the podcast, Haley, aka Arizona Right Watch. Um, hello everybody. Have you all considered that it wasn't Lee Harvey Oswald? Mm? Yeah. Mm. Give me money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and now a five minute ad break. <laughs> Literally, this episode was half an hour and there was so many, there was an ad to open it, an ad every ten minutes, and then an ad to end it out. It was almost as many ads as podcasts. It's wild. It's wild when you see the uh, the the runtime of these episodes being like twenty six minutes, and then you hit play, and it jumps to thirty four minutes because eight, <laughs> eight minutes of ads just attack the podcast the moment you like hit record, hit, you hit play. It's brutal. So this opens, and Reiner has this wonderful way of opening these pods by saying, "We've already established that," and just he doesn't explain how he established it. He just states that he did. Mm-hmm. You have to listen to the last episodes to you hear his to ramblings. Last, yeah, we're not we're not going to recap it for you. We're just going to tell you what happened. And if you don't, if, if you if you didn't catch up, well, then stop record, stop listening to this pod. Go to the previous episode, listen to that one. Then now you are allowed to do this podcast. Now you're allowed to listen to this one. And Reiner is indicating that he's just like we already established that Oswald was not on the sixth floor during the assassination. It's like, no, you didn't. You literally had one witness, and that was like who came up with that information 15 years later. 
It like and nobody else saw Oswald on the second floor the whole time. We have numerous witnesses that put him other places, including the guy that put him on the sixth floor, like thirty five minutes before the assassination. So they showed yeah. they said that they show they showed evidence that proved he was not on the sixth floor at the time of the shooting. And that he seemed to know that he was part of something, but likely didn't know what it was. This is, that was hilarious to me. Yeah, we're, again, we're doing, Reiner's retelling of events, his narrative of what happened to Oswald is so bizarre. It's the most incoherent telling of a story I've heard in a conspiracy theory around this. Reiner doesn't just know what like he doesn't just have the facts he's not just gonna prove who killed jfk he also somehow knows what people's frame of mind is when they were making moves he does this several times this episode where he's like oh well clearly uh you know jack ruby didn't want to end up like demore and shield so he did this so in this moment of time he's thinking this and it's like you can't know that prove that Prove me that he is thinking this at this time and he is making these moves because he has this conspiracy that you fucking thought up in ep- three episodes ago in mind while he's making these moves. Prove it to me. And the thing that makes me laugh about that is that he's going into this whole thing about how Jack Ruby doesn't want to end up like Richard K. Snagel or DeMorn Schmidt or the mobster who got chopped up and put in an oil drum. He loves bringing up that guy got chopped up and put in an oil drum. It's one of his favorite things in the world. Ruby is already in prison and knows he's going to spend the rest of his life in prison. It's not like Ruby is a free man like Richard K. Snagel or DeMorne Schmidt or uh, uh, Chucky the typewriter, whoever the mobster was. But I'm just saying... (laughs) Those people were free people living their lives doing what people who are not in prison do. And Jack Ruby is a prisoner. And he knows that he is about to be convicted for the murder of Lee Harvey Oswald, and he will never see the light of day again. So if I'm Jack Ruby and I have the ability to talk to people about the conspiracy that I'm involved in, and I can shed light on that conspiracy. It's like, what are they going to do? Whack me when I'm in prison? I'm in prison. My life sucks. I'm done. Like, I'm spilling the beans. I'm just talking at that point. Oh, no, you've killed me. Darn. I don't get to spend the next 10 years in jail. What a what a, what a terrible break that is for me. I mean, it, it, it's, it's so strange that he... just puts it into Ruby's head that Ruby knows that he's getting the check. If he talks about this when, I mean, Hey, who knows, but we're going to get into Ruby and his uh, motives and what he was saying and all that kind of stuff. But I'm sorry. I threw us off track. It's just, I had to rage. Oh no, please, (laughs) please rage, please rage. No, but I'm just saying that there's a difference between like, yo, I'm Richard Case Nagel. I've been living my life, like, just, you know, being a person, being a citizen of America. Or I'm George Schmidt, a crazy rich guy, doing crazy rich guy things. Or, yo, I'm a mobster. I'm doing mobster things. And those three people all end up dead because they get near the Kennedy assassination. Versus me, the guy that shot Oswald on TV, and now I'm in jail, and I'm never getting out. 
this is the whole Epstein didn't kill himself thing. It's like, you know, maybe if I was a billionaire and the next thing you know, I'm in solitary confinement for the rest of my life. Maybe I do get the check. Maybe I'm just like, you know, the downgrade from billionaire to prisoner in solitary, not worth it. I'm out of here. I'm I'm done with this shit. I, I ain't putting up with this. So if I'm Jack Ruby and I'm talking to the Warren Commission, I'm just like, yo, here's the, here's the scoop. I'm going to tell you what happened. Here are the people who put me up to this. Take them down. What do I care? Because you, you literally have nothing to lose at that point. You're, you're never getting out of prison. You're doomed. Whatever. Screw you. So anyhow. Like he dies in prison too, so it's he, like he the, the theory is that he keeps the secret to his to his dying breath. Right. Yeah, and he died very quickly after the assassination. I'm surprised Reiner didn't fucking go so far as to say that the cancer was given to him by the CIA. I mean, dude, he, I thought he was gonna because he kind of he kind of got a his voice got a kind of little bit of inflection that it was like it it was brought on suddenly and aggressive. Three a sudden and aggressive years. form of cancer, which I know I can't say the CIA gave him. Cause yeah, that it was literally like his voice sounded different when he said that. He was like, you need to know that I feel something about this, but can't say it. Right. <laughs> He's like, I know there's a line I can't cross where I go to crazy town. And I know that line is here. So I'm mm-hmm. not crossing the crazy town, but I'm going to use some inflection. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a wink and a nod about what I think about that cancer. <laughs> I mean, it, it's it, it's just that it's just that thing. And uh, what's really funny about all of this is that when Ru- when Ruby was dying, he did give a deathbed interview, and in that deathbed interview, he's like, "I want to make it clear, I acted alone. I killed Oswald, and I did it of my own volition. No one put me up to it." And I just want everyone to know that. And do, these are my dying thoughts about what happened that day. Reiner doesn't put that in the story because that would ruin things. So, yeah, it's an article from the Daily Register. The headline is Ruby's dying wish is to prove Os- is, is to prove no Oswald conspiracy. And it's it's basically that it's just Jack Ruby is dying of cancer. He knows he's dying of it and he wants to make it clear that uh, I was not uh, put up to it by anybody. I just uh, I did this uh, I did this on my own. So just just FYI, everyone want you let, want to let you know that. And uh, the other big thing that is in this episode, and uh, in, in Reiner and Soledad go into this, is that um, Ruby was very much adamant about getting a polygraph test or a truth serum or some. He basically wanted to make it clear that he was telling the truth, that he was absolutely 100 percent like on the record. What I'm saying is legitimate. I do not want to have any doubt about that whatsoever. And in that um, on the pod, Soledad and Reiner are just like. What does it mean when they say that the uh, the, the that the lie detector test was inconclusive? And Reiner's just like, well, that's what they say when they're when the Warren Commission isn't getting exactly what they want out of something. Like, and they they make it clear that there was something nefarious going on with this. That Ruby took this lie detector test 
and that the Warren Commission refused to accept the veracity of the lie detectors' results, not because lie detectors are bullshit and that like they're not really there's there's you can't put them in a court of law. There's or no, truth serum. It's oh, yeah, like we don't we don't do that, Rob. Yeah, and Soledad. Right. Like they, they, could have, <laughs> they could have mentioned that they could have been like, now Jack Ruby is a crazy person for wanting truth serum, but but hey, the. Like the the whole point of why they're telling this story is they're trying to convey the legitimacy of what Ruby is saying, and that Jack Ruby just really wants to tell the truth. And if only the Warren Commissioner or anyone would ever listen to him, he will share the truth with the world. And finally, this massive conspiracy will be uh, exposed for the world to see. And the Warren Commission did give him a polygraph test and they they literally even said we are not giving this to him because we like ordered it we are only doing this because Jack Ruby wanted it and it wasn't the Warren Commission that said that the polygraph test was not great it was one of the doctors that was examining him they said that he was a psychotic depressive and Basically, the point of what they were saying is that if you are a psychotic, it's very hard for a polygraph test to read you accurately. And so there's a bunch of debate about um, it, if like he was lying or not during the polygraph and all that nonsense, which, of course, is what happens in polygraph tests because they're not like they're not legitimate. But no, it was an and I quote an excuse that they used for other witnesses that didn't perfectly fit into the predetermined narrative. Yes, that is exactly what Reiner says. And again, and it, and the way he says this, you would think that this polygraph test that was given to Jack Ruby and the questions he was, he was asked and the answers that he gave were exactly the opposite of what actually happened. So let's get into the polygraph test that was actually presented to um, Jack Ruby. Did you know Oswald before November 22nd, 1963? No. Did you assist Oswald in the assassination? No. Are you now a member of the Communist Party? No. Have you ever been a member of the Communist Party? No. Are you now a member of any group that advocates the violent overthrow of the United States government? No. Have you ever been a member of a group like that? No. Between the assassination and the shooting, did anyone you know tell you they knew Oswald? No. Aside from anyone, uh, anyone you said to George Senator on Sunday morning, did you tell anyone else that you intended to shoot Oswald? No. Did you shoot him to silence him? No. Did you? When did you? Uh, basically, a bunch of questions that end with him saying no, ending with, "Did you first decide to shoot Oswald on Sunday morning?" Yes. Were you on the sidewalk at the time Lieutenant Pierce's car stopped on the ramp exit? Yes. Did you enter the jail by walking through an alleyway? No. Did you walk past the guard at the time Lieutenant Perry's car was parked in the ramp exit? Yes. So um, he says he didn't know Oswald before the assassination. He didn't plan to kill him until that morning. Literally, he is confirming basically everything the Warren Commission said about his plan, about the uh, him killing Oswald, which was... He had no relationship with Oswald. He didn't know him. And he decided to kill him on, as a spur of the moment event on a Sunday morning, on the Sunday morning of the of, of the time he actually did kill Oswald. So, And it's weird that Rob Reiner doesn't bring up these questions from this polygraph and instead pisses and moans about how Ruby's polygraph was deemed inconclusive. And that's because <laughs> when it's part of the conspiracy, Rob, guess what? 
Ruby's literally conforming. He's literally, according to Rob Reiner, the Warren Commission sort of said the, that, that Ruby passed the polygraph with flying colors and committed all of his stuff to the Warren report as being like, boom, here you go. This man passed the polygraph test and he didn't know Oswald, said he first thought about killing him on Sunday morning. Boom, we're totally right. Warren Commission, boom, validated. We win. Did it. Nailed it. So good. And, uh, oh, yeah, did you shoot Oswald in order to save Mrs. Kennedy the ordeal of a trial? Yes. So, like, the, literally everything that is his uh, lone gunman excuse for killing Oswald is validated in the polygraph. Soledad does not does not like the answer for this, that the, 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 he, the, he wanted to spare Jackie the pain of having to return to Dallas. She, she, this is a, a, in, in Soledad's voice, part of the conspiracy. Um, cause she, she's like, well, that excuse doesn't make any sense. And it's like, this is a political assassination. This is, I just can't, we, we're fresh off of a week of, uh, uh, I hate to bring it up in this podcast, but yeah, a father who, who just beheaded or a son who just beheaded his father off of his delusional political beliefs and of uh, various other reasons. And I mean, you know, maybe we shouldn't be like acting like the, um, the, the, the reasoning that, 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 that the, that some of these people have for their violence is reasonable. Hmm. Hmm. Well, the other thing about that is, is that, so that was never going to accept any excuse mm-hmm. that wasn't the conspiracy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like anything Ruby said about killing Oswald, if it wasn't, I did this because I wanted the silences because Jimmy Tutones told me to put a bullet in him. Like it was going to be unacceptable. It was going to be a lie that Ruby had fabricated in order to cover up his real reason for doing it, which was because the mob told him to whack him. And that's, that's the whole point of this episode is that we are implicating uh, Ruby as being totally mobbed up and that eventually um, Ruby's mob connections uh, are what led him to being given the edict to kill Oswald. So, um, Oh, we so we open the we open the actual pod with Rob Reiner getting very sad over the televised coverage of the funeral of President Kennedy. He'll never remember that day. Uh, the Rob Rob goes into this long. Uh, <laughs> it's really cheesy. He, he goes into this <laughs> long thing where he actually does the drum beat of of the of the funeral procession for bum 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 bum. And then they start playing taps over it. And it's just, it's just like, it's like, okay, Rob, I can see how you're pilled on this shit. I can totally see how you're scarred by the Kennedy assassination and schmucky McMoron Lee Harvey Oswald blowing away the president just doesn't, it doesn't satisfy that desire for there to be something more to this. And that's why you've created this 10 part series of Solidarity O'Brien. And um, after all of that, um, we then get uh, oh, Solid Ed does some reading of stuff because that's what he water. does. He does it hard to her this time. He's like, read this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, like, okay. 
yeah, it, <laughs> um, yeah. Basically, so the, the the beat goes: she reads some stuff, I believe, from the Warren Commission, and then she gets angry at Ruby's excuse. And then, right after all of that, we then get the solid ad: "Will you read this?" Which it was just like, oh my god, the, <laughs> the lack of stagecraft on this podcast. Just like I listened to what it was like a history pod. And it was a two voice pod. It was a male. It was a male guy. It was a male, and it was a female. And they literally just took turns reading paragraphs of the story. It was just the guy reads a paragraph, the gal reads a paragraph, the guy reads a paragraph, the girl reads a paragraph. Ad break, and it was like fine, but because it was very obvious what they were doing was they were trying to keep your brain engaged by hitting you with the two voices alternating so that you just didn't hear one of them going for too long and drone out. You're like, oh, God, the dude's talking for a forever now snooze. So I understand how two-voice podcasts work. It's just that the way they try to insert solid ad into this podcast is so inorganic that it's just it's just really frustrating. Um. But we've talked about that probably every episode of our podcast at this point, so we're sorry. We're sorry we're infli- we're inflicting your pain upon you, uh, upon <laughs> you, our viewer. So yes. So, anyways, Haley, read this for me. No. <laughs> <laughs> read this broad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Ruby alleged, and much like the popcorn guy, we get an we get a thing where they state that uh, Ruby talked to his jailer, who is unnamed. His jailer doesn't get a name. And Ruby says to his jailer, oh, man, now all the guns and the Cuba connection and all that stuff is going to come to light. And it's like, so they sent you to kill Oswald, even though it would expose the conspiracy? Why were you put up to this job if it was a really bad idea to send you to do it? I just love the idea that Jack Ruby is like, boom, I just killed Oswald. Oh, shit. Now all my crimes will be exposed. (laughs) Maybe when, like, the mob boss comes up to your door and is like, Jack, we need you to kill Oswald now. Maybe Ruby's like, "Uh, you really shouldn't do that because I've got a lot of skeletons in my closet and there's going to be a lot of heat on me if I do that. Why don't you just literally get one of your dumb, impressionable 17-year-old Aaron boys to kill Oswald? and then that kid can be like, I just whacked Oswald because of America and freedom. And then everyone's just like, oh, God, Skippy O'Dwyer just killed Oswald and just whatever. Now he can just spend forever in jail. And we like we all know that he's mobbed up, but he, there, there's, there's just nothing to it. And this kid's dumb. He's going to keep his lips shut. And suddenly his mom's going to have a caddy in the, in the driveway. I mean, it's just so... Like the the whole the story of Ruby like doing this and then being upset that he did it because his crimes are going to be exposed is weird. Then we do this whole backstory thing about how he was uh, born Ruben's- in Chicago. They gave born- you his real name. He he's got a, in trouble for truancy at eleven. He was in a series of foster homes, which is really similar to Lee Harvey Oswald's upbringing, where they start to allege that he was sheep dipped. Um, but they don't make any claim of that with Jack yeah, Ruby. We don't sheep dip Jack Ruby. We don't put Jack Ruby in MK Ultra. Jack Ruby is just Lee Harvey Oswald is the Manchurian candidate. Jack Ruby is just a troubled youth. So it's like very funny how these two guys 
had the same kind of rocky upbringing, but one of them was the prodigal son that would be made to kill the president. And the other one's just a two bit nobody who uh, then gets ordered to whack the guy that killed the president. So that it was, it was again, it was that line. It was like that line where it's just Reiner's like, I know I can't say that Ruby is an MK ultra. Cause then everybody's an MK ultra. So we're just going to not do that, but we're going to, let you know that Ruby's uh, a bad dude from the wrong side of the tracks. Also, yep. just real quick, because they yep. also then in this moment they're like, "Oh, he joins the Teamsters," and then he 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 run, he starts running a club where he it's a ho- it's host illegal activities like gun running. He, there's mobsters there. You know, he likes to set up girls for free uh, with the caps, and it's like. This is also being presented as suspicious because Soledad's like, oh, that's pretty nice of him, you know, to like, to like, yeah, offer up his, you know, the prostitutes that worked in his business to, to cops that were on his payroll. It's like, you know, that sounds not really so much a suspicion about the JFK conspiracy and just more like normal corrupt cop shit with clubs that do this shit. Right, exactly. Like literally, what you just said there. This is this is literally every gangster movie in the world, where, <laughs> where the the new police commissioner comes in, vowing to clean up the clean up the department and to get Al Capone once and for all. And then the next thing you know, he's barging into the speakeasy, and there's like a, and there's like two cops getting lap dances, and he's like, "What the hell is going on here?" And the cops are like, "Easy, buddy, easy." We don't make enough money, and Mr. Capone takes good care of us. And then the tight-ass new police commissioner is like, you guys are fired. They're like, good luck with that, buddy. You're going to have three cops by next week. And then they have to rebuild it with honorable cops that don't take <laughs> lap dances from uh, criminals in the underworld and just beat up black people because they like it, not because they're getting <laughs> paid for it. Good racist cops, American cops, you know, you know how it is. So just, just <laughs> we, hashtag we love cops. No, cops are great. No. <laughs> <laughs> but so all of that happens. And then we finally get to basically our first allegation of the show, which is uh, that a bunch of people saw Ruby and Oswald uh, together in their time in their club and that the Warren commission was wrong, that Ruby and Oswald didn't know each other. And the problem with this was, is they gave a bunch of names like Dorothy Markham and Clive Malcolm Limbaugh and uh, Robert Roy. And every time I put in the Google for their names, this show came up as one of the first hits. And I could find no evidence of any of the testimony of these people from anywhere. So it's really hard for me to ascertain the legitimacy of what they were saying because I can't, I couldn't analyze it. I couldn't dig into it. And I think the most interesting thing, I fell down a small rabbit hole, which was very hilarious, was when I looked into Robert Roy, I was very confused because the Robert Roy claim in the podcast was, is that Ruby that was that Oswald would drop off Ruby's car to Robert Roy for repairs every now and then when again, he had to get rides from Buell Frazier to and from work. The man didn't have a driver's license. He didn't drive a car. 
So it was, I was very confused when they were saying, oh yeah, he was like literally Ruby and Oswald knew each other so well that Oswald was his errand boy to take the car to the mechanics for repairs. And this sent me down a rabbit hole where they talked about how CIA uh, affiliated Ruth Payne and Marina Oswald (laughs) said Oswald didn't drive. And this person literally had like a list of 20 people who thought Oswald drove. Or had like they even have like parentheses around. Some people had said handled Oswald's driver's license, and of course, none of the people's names had hyperlinks. I couldn't click through any of them to discern what's going on. And I believe that website was called like Lee and Harvey, and that's kind of uh, one of the conspiracies that when Lee when when Lee Oswald went to uh, Russia, he was uh, killed or imprisoned. And they replaced him with another Oswald. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Avril Lavigne? Yeah, basically the Avril Lavigne, Lee Harvey Oswald, yes. And so, like, there's a, there's a book, because there's a book of all of this shit, and it's, I think it's called that. I think it's called, like, Lee and Harvey, and it's about, and it, like, they Photoshop, like, they, they, they splice photos of Oswald from his youth with Oswald after he returned from, te- from Russia, and they Is try to show- Skater Boy? Oh, if only it was. <laughs> and, with you an know, eight? Yeah. You know, I've I've always found the song "Skater Boy" to be really like mean spirited. I've always, <laughs> I I just you know I just I think, wouldn't say "See You Later, Boy" to a skater boy. I would say, "Hey, hey, what well, up, skater boy?" I, I'm I'm okay with that. I'm okay with I'm okay with the fact that uh, that her the, uh, that our antagonist in the in the in the song. That her rejection of Skater Boy for for the improper reasons of the fact that she was like a, a prude and she didn't he was he was beneath her even though she secretly wanted him, like I accept all of that. But it's the end of the song when Avril is just like, "Yo, I saw how awesome Skater Boy was, and you're a giant dum dum for not seeing that. And now me and him are having tons of sex, and uh, we're probably gonna get married. And it's gonna be awesome. And sucks to be you, loser lady." It's like, well, guess what, Avril? By the time you met him, he was already a successful rock star. So it really wasn't that hard for you to figure out that he was awesome. I mean, seriously, let's let's not. Also, she married Chad Kroger. (laughs) That's not a skater boy. Yeah, and I would say, see you later, boy, to Chad Kroger. Avril Lavigne just catching strays in the champ. No reason. Reason that was our Avril Lavigne portion of the podcast. As 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 you do, as you do every so often, <laughs> just can't help yourself. Just have to go after Avril Lavigne. But uh, so I cannot. This is my favorite part of the podcast, honestly. With the <laughs> Sherry Angel, one of the one of the one of the people that they say had proof. One of the people that Robin Soledad say has proof of of uh, of Oswald and Ruby knowing each other is a. Uh, a popular stripper named named Sherry Angel. Um, she was one of the most popular strippers at Ruby's Club. Um, and they play this interview with her that's like she's ancient at this point. You can't understand anything. So Rob cuts in and and tells you what she says because he said that she saw Oswald dan- dancing with Kathy Kay and doing the twist at. And and her husband, uh, uh, he he called her husband a communist. And then, and then Rob comes in and he's like, "If you miss that, she says that she remembers Oswald doing the twist with a woman named Kathy Kay and her husband hitting him because Oswald called him a communist." 
So Oswald and Ruby definitely knew each other. That's a direct quote. <laughs> yeah. And again, this they were doing the twist together. Mike. Doing the twist together. How, Prove it didn't it. happen. Right. Exactly. And again, how is Oswald getting to and from these places? How is he hiding the fact that he can drive from his wife and the CIA affiliated agent who is housing his wife at this time? Like, how is Oswald going to this club and doing the twist with this lady? It, And then why do you have Ruby be the one to kill him when they're so intertwined? It's really strange. And I went through the Warren Commission, and the Warren Commission explained how they went through all these various ways to try to see if Rudy and Oswald knew each other. I think one of my favorite section of that is there's a part where it says that the Warren Commission was investigating the idea that Oswald and Ruby were homosexuals, because that's what they called gay people back then. And they were trying to see... Is there any fanfics? No, I'm sure sure there's fanfic out there, but the, the Warren Commission didn't publish any of it. But uh, the Warren Commission basically just said that they didn't. They checked the gay lifestyle possibility for a connection and came up empty, as did all their other efforts. But again, Robin Soledad would just tell you that they're full of shit and they're just lying, and um, they 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 knew, but they hid it. Which again, I don't understand why the conspiracy would be so inept as to do this. Why are they like, we'll we'll get into it at the end about the whole thing with uh, Oswald being the guy that has to kill Kennedy, but I don't understand why Ruby has to be the guy that kills Oswald when now you have all these problems. Like again, Ruby's gun running in Cuba is going to come up. His ties to Oswald are going to come up. All these, like, is the mob so hamstrung for hitmen that they can't find anyone but Ruby to do this? It's so bizarre. And this brings us to the actual event of Ruby killing Oswald. And this is really important because Reiner is lying his ass off about this. Oh, so quickly before that. So Ruby is now stalking Oswald. Ruby is now stalking Oswald and he's getting ready to strike him at a moment's notice. And this brings us to the uh, free Perry for Cuba committee thing. But yes, go ahead, Haley. This is also presented as suspicious that, that basically they're like, see, he, he, this wasn't a spur of the moment thing. He was following him and finding the right opportunity to get him. And it's like, yeah, that's how it works. You can't get the guy until you actually have the right opportunity to get him. You know and, what I mean? Yeah, and and if uh, if Ruby uh, it, if the, Ruby was in the same room with him, it, like why did Ruby not kill him on the the first night that he was in the area with him? Like Ruby could have potentially have done this before, but he didn't, and this leads to um, the big moment in the show where. They riff off of uh, JFK, the movie, because and and Rob and Soledad are just nuts about this. What happens is, and uh, Dick Russert even gets in on this shit. This is a moment where um, a broadcast, the, the DA, it's a late night press conference, and the, the DA says that Oswald is a member of the Free Play for Cuba Committee. 
And in the JFK movie and on this uh, broadcast, on this podcast, they state that only Ruby corrected him, that only Ruby stated that it was the fair play for Cuba committee. And then Reiner and Soledad like just like freak out. And they're like, how does Ruby know this? What is this two bit nightclub owner? They keep referring him to that too. We haven't mentioned that is that they want you to know that this guy is just a, just a two bit criminal nightclub owner how the fuck does he get away with anything you know like, oh yeah oh th- oh th- this so bit nobody this fucking bum this jamoke this schmoke <laughs> yeah they're they, oh the, jack ruby what a piece of shit is is the name of this episode. <laughs> i mean it's just it's just oh man they're so vicious to this guy but um when it i i didn't rip this i should have because, because it's kind of weird it, it doesn't sound as clear as i thought it did but uh, maybe for episode 10, because episode 10 sucks, we might need some little extra content. I'll try to put this clip in. But what really happens when uh, they say uh, the free play for Cuba committee, you can hear like three or four voices saying fair play for Cuba committee. <laughs> A bunch of people correct the guy. And then the guy's like, oh, fair play for Cuba committee. And I'm assuming there was another point where he got corrected because when Russer does the correction, he's like, no good, sir. Oswald was actually a member of the free, play, the fair play for Cuba committee. And it's like, it's like, like literally Ruby is by himself monologuing with the DA. And then the DA is like, thank you. Good, sir. Man in the back of the room for correcting me on the, my mistake. And again, Soledad and Reiner are just like, this is, this is insane. And this plays off of JFK. Cause JFK does the exact same thing where, they have Ruby in the back of the room ominously being the only one to correct the DA about the fair play for Cuba committee and all this stuff. So this brings us to the burning question. Where did Ruby get this information? Hint, it was on the fucking news. Here is a broadcast from NBC at 4 p.m. the day of the assassination. The black, ugly words are in print. President shot dead. President dead. Common headlines that will appear on every newsstand of probably every newspaper in the world tomorrow morning. But there is the possibility, and it is a possibility only, that the man who perpetrated this action may have been found. Frank? Well, his name is Lee H. Oswald. He has been arrested in connection with the shooting of a Dallas policeman outside a theater uh, where police had been sent on a tip that the man had gone there. Uh, there is reason to believe, according to police, that he is uh, somehow connected with the assassination of President Kennedy. He is being described now as a prime suspect, although the actual words that he is the man who committed the crime has um, not as yet been used. Not a great deal is known about this Oswald. We will get more information as we go on. Uh, we do know that he has been identified by police in Dallas as chairman of an organization known as Fair Play for Cuba Committee. And a police captain, Pat Ganaway, said the suspect was an employee in the building where the rifle used in the assassination was found. So that's at 4 p.m. 4 p.m. that day, the the uh, NBC News is reporting that Oswald was the chairman of a group called the Fair Play for Cuba Committee. So it's so weird that someone would have had that information that night to correct the DA when he said free pay for Cuba Committee. But you know what Rob and Soledad say? Soledad says, so what is the implication here, Rob, that Ruby knew Oz- all about Oswald? 
Like, just jump into conclusions. Also, I do like that they're just like, oh, this this two-bit nightclub owner, it's so bizarre that he knows this information. Apparently, only certain people should know this information for it to be, you know, credible. Um, it's just a weird thing to conspiracize about because it's like, I just feel like one day I'm going to get baked by Rob Reiner's producers or some shit. They're going to be like, this bitch knows way too much about Nazis and specific Nazis faction. This is proof that she's a Nazi. You know, it's like some people just know things or pay attention in the news, man. (laughs) Yeah. And again, like this is America in 1963. We don't have the Internet. We don't have cable. We don't have 10 million news stations. Everyone's watching the same three channels. And those channels are running news based off of what the AP is reporting. And it was the AP report that Oswald was the chairman of the Free Play for Cuba committee. And so the networks ran with it. So everyone knew this. This was not secret information. This was the first little tidbit we had about Oswald, even before he was officially charged of killing President Kennedy, that this guy's a communist and he runs a pro-commie group. And it again... Ruby was not a special snowflake for knowing this. This was not secret information that only Jack Ruby could know about. If you watch TV, you learned it. You knew about it. This and It just really goes to show the massive amount of disinformation that the movie JFK put into the American public to the point where, I mean, Rob Reiner is now being brainwormed by it. Because this is not suspicious. It's not. It's just fucking not. It's ridiculous. It would it would be like me um like a couple hours after the Super Bowl telling someone who won the Super Bowl. Like like after Kennedy was murdered, it was the only thing anyone was talking about. It was the only thing on the news. We're looking for any bit of information. So it's he like was just oh, being yeah. a reply guy, you know? Yeah. Yes, literally. He was being a reply guy. This is literally... uh, You ever get something wrong on the timeline? Holy shit. Everyone will tell you the same comment. (laughs) That is literally... uh, Like, someone had an axiom where it's like, the best way to get correct information on the internet is to post incorrect (laughs) Incorrect information. Yep. Because you'll be corrected so fucking hard so quickly, it is not even funny. And that's what, what happened. The DA screwed up, and a bunch of people corrected him, but because Jack Ruby was one of those voices... Like, there's no way Jack Ruby could have been watching the news at 4 p.m. that day. There's no fucking way. So, yeah. So it's so ridiculous. So so that happens. And then we finally, now, finally, at long last, we will get to Jack Ruby uh, shooting Lee Harvey Oswald. Now, the weird thing here is uh, Reiner actually does bring up the fact that there was a witness who uh, saw... Ruby uh, near the police, the police station around 1030. And they said they were in this, this witness was in uh, one of the uh, news cars. They said they saw Ruby through the window. Ruby asked them if uh, Oswald had been moved yet. They said no. And this is strange. And I don't know if this witness is right or not, because the actual story of Ruby's movements is something that I've known for a long time, and this witness kind of like threw me off. But the actual story about Jack Ruby and what he did is uh, the story of a guy who was not lying in wait to murder Lee Harvey Oswald. Uh, in 
the Oswald episode, um, when Soledad brings up the fact that Reiner's witness puts Oswald on the second floor five minutes before the assassination, Soledad is just, she says to Rob, well, five minutes is still plenty of time for Oswald to go up to the sixth floor and kill the president. And Reiner is just apoplectic and is like, but Kennedy was supposed to be there at 1225. He wasn't supposed to be there at 1230. If Oswald was going to kill the president, he would have been waiting for him up in the window at that time. Like he has to be ready. He has to be, he has to be going. He he can't be just lollygagging around waiting and hoping to get lucky going up to the sixth floor and catching the president passing at the right time. Like an assassin has to be like in position and set. Uh, the, The press had been informed by the uh, police commissioner that Oswald was going to be transferred from the Dallas uh, police department to the County jail at 10 AM that morning. So the fact that uh, Ruby is talking to this person at 1030 and asking if Oswald's been moved yet. And the person says, no, this is like, this is lucky strike number one for Ruby that uh, Oswald hadn't been moved yet aren't assassins supposed to be lying in wait? Isn't the assassin supposed to be stalking Oswald's every movement? Why wasn't he out in front of the police department at 9.30, ready for the 10 a.m. movement of Oswald? What's going on here? But uh, again, I have no idea of the, the veracity of this witness or not. But what I do know is that Oswald, that Ruby was called by one of his uh, employees and she needed $25 uh, from him. And so he woke up, he was up late and he got dressed. And I believe the timestamp on the phone call, because they traced his phone lines, uh, the timestamp on the phone call was like uh, 10, 19 a.m. So Ruby hasn't left the house before 10, 19. So if Oswald had been transferred at 10 o'clock, he would not have made it. He would not have been able to shoot Oswald. Ruby drives down to a Western Union, which is near the police department. Oswald, uh, Ruby, then I keep Freudian slipping and saying Oswald instead of Ruby. I'm giving <laughs> away the plot. I'm exposing the conspiracy because I'm Freudian slipping left and right here. Um, Ruby does a $25 Western Union wire transaction that is time-stamped. This is uh, inexorable. This is a fact of reality that cannot be changed by anybody, that there is a time-stamped Western Union telegram at 11.17 a.m., and uh, Doyle Lane was the Western Union clerk who filled out the paperwork for uh, Ruby's money transfer, and he uh, testified before the Warren Commission that this is exactly what happened. On the podcast... Rob Reiner states, quote, uh, Jack Ruby slipped down an alley at 11.17 a.m. And then sound effect gunshot. Boom. Oswald was shot. And it's like at seven at 11.17 a.m. Uh, Ruby was getting his Western Union telegram stamped. He wasn't creeping down any alley. Oswald is shot at 11.24. So Ruby has four minutes to make it from the Western Union down to the police department to kill Oswald. So again, this is incredibly lucky that Ruby gets to do this. If 
Oswald had been moved at any time before this, he would not, Ruby would not have been able to get there in time. Oswald requested a change of clothes, which delayed his transfer by a few minutes. It is very possible that that change of clothes got Oswald killed. Oswald had been delayed because they were interrogating him and the interrogation just took longer than they expected. But then after the interrogation, Oswald was like, I don't like being in this ratty clothing. I would like to be in nicer clothes. So they got him some extra clothes and then he was killed. And all of this is, again, he woke up late, passed when Oswald was, was supposed to be transferred and he handled business before going to the police department. He was not lying in wait. He was not stalking Oswald 24-7, waiting for a moment to strike. He also uh, left his uh, beloved dog, uh, Sheba, uh, dachshund, in his car. He brought the dog with him to ride to the Western Union, and then he decided to kill Oswald and abandon his dog in a car, which his lawyers actually did bring up as evidence of a lack of premeditation that this guy would leave a dog abandoned in the car after shooting Oswald. And so you just have a lot of evidence that would indicate this wasn't a mob hit. And if it was boy, howdy, uh, much like much as Lee Harvey Oswald won the negative lottery by bringing the giant gun shaped bag to work and then not having any witnesses to identify him being not in the area to kill the president, Ruby wins the lottery by having everything break exactly the way he needs it to break so he can shoot Oswald and fulfill his mission as mob assassin. And uh, Reiner has this uh, one thing where he has some minion who's a, a guy that works for an oil baron. He's like, yeah, I went to the Dallas Police Department and we checked the security and there really wasn't a lot of security. And that's what I told my boss. And my boss was like, that sounds good to me. And then Soledad's like, what is that all about? And, and Reiner's like, he just wants to know if he can get to Oswald or not. And now he found out he could. And it's just like, I, again, I have no idea if Mr. Oil Baron Minion Guy is telling the truth or not. But if they did all this work and then gave Jack Ruby the phone call to tell him to go kill Oswald. Oswald, uh, Ruby wasn't doing this with a lot of uh, drive and determination. He overslept and missed the transfer point. <laughs> Cannot stress this enough. Like, like Reiner literally spent all of episode eight screaming and yelling about how, how Oswald has to be in position. He has to be ready. He has to be, he has to go. He has to do all this work to kill the president. And then Jack Ruby does the exact opposite across the board. And then they just give him credit for all of it. They're just like, Nope. Ruby was just in it to win it. Gung ho. Just, just a caged tiger waiting to pounce, just waiting to spring himself upon Oswald and to get the job done and to silence Oswald forever. And it's just like that, because the the secrets went to the grave with him. Is that that was it? The secrets buried with him. That was kind of how they opened. They made it sound ominous, also. Yeah. <laughs> and the big thing they do with Ruby is they get into the whole thing where Ruby starts getting weird and starts talking about how why I did what I did and all this kind of stuff. It'll it'll never come out. The people are working to make sure it won't. And the thing about this is, at this point, 
when Ruby starts doing this stuff, Ruby has already sort of gone down a depression spiral. He's already been broken because Ruby. They all been there, buddy. Well, Ruby, yeah, Ruby thought that killing Oswald was going to make him a hero. And then he started seeing in the press that people were like, oh, God, Jack Ruby has put another black eye upon the people of Dallas that were the vigilante murderous lunatics who can't even uh, conduct a trial properly, that were this bloodthirsty bunch of sociopaths. And uh, sorry, Dallas, it's true. You suck. But uh, yeah, sorry, Dallas. I've been there. Knocking Dallas down a peg for no fucking reason. Bad roads. Oh, the worst roads. The worst. The worst roads. But um, <laughs> by the time like all of the Ruby starts going down this path of like the truth will never be revealed, he's already like bashed his head into a prison wall. He's tried to find. He's tried to do numerous ways to kill himself. He's psychotic. He's and he's depressed. He at one point was telling Earl Warren there's a plot to kill 25 million Jews inside of America. Because he's he's now worried that like the Jews are going to be blamed for him killing Oswald. He's worried that there's going to be this collective guilt put upon the Jewish faith because a Jewish person killed Oswald. So Ruby goes down all these dark rabbit holes during his time in custody. And a lot of the stuff that he says where they're like where they're like, well, Ruby's like, I don't I don't I quite want to telling this silly story and I just want to get up there and tell the truth. When he says that, he's really talking about the fact that he's like his lawyers are trying to come up with this idea that he was like delusional or he blacked out and killed Oswald and all this kind of stuff. And by quote unquote the truth, what he means is he's like, I just want to tell people that I did this because I wanted to spare Jackie the pain of a trial. That's all I and I just want to get up there, say that, and then I'll probably be convicted of murder and them's the breaks. So what can you do? And so that is basically the episode, or at least what I thought the episode was going to be in full, because we got Ruby's story. Ruby makes vague cryptic statements about a conspiracy. We make it sound like Ruby was put up to it by the mob. We do all that kind of stuff. And then you think the episode's going to end. But then we get this weird postscript section of the episode, which we will now we get into after our ad break. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. And we're back. And now it's time for the weird postscript. Because after... Ruby dies and the secrets are taken with him to the grave. It feels like Soledad and Rob were like, oh shit, that script topped out at 21 minutes. We we need a little more runtime here. 
what can we do for runtime? So suddenly we get foreign leaders and their reactions to the Kennedy assassination. <laughs> apropos of nothing. He tells you too, he's like, this never gets talked about. So let's just talk about this for a minute. And it's <laughs> like, I think it's been talked about. I don't think you're the first person to talk about this, but okay, let's just hear a three minute quote. <laughs> yeah, let, let's hear a three minute quote from Pill Charles, Charles de Gaulle. So yeah, so uh, well, I'll go in kind of reverse order here because I want the payoff is Khrushchev for me. So we first get this long quote from Charles de Gaulle about how Charles de Gaulle thinks that like the military intelligence apparatus in America killed Kennedy and that they will cover it up and that um, this is how these things go and that the American people will just eat shit about it. And then Rob gets angry and he's like, I think the American people do want the truth. I think we can accept the truth. No, no, this was the cheesiest part because it fe it felt like a big long ad for the next episode because he goes, they do the De Gaulle quote and then he's like, I believe Americans actually do want to find out the truth and we're about to tell you in next week's episode. And then it does the episode out. <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck was that? What the fuck was that? You fucked. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah it's, it's an ad pivot. It's an ad yeah, pivot. It was just a big ad pivot. <laughs> and the thing is, is that De Gaulle was targeted by assassination attempts numerous <laughs> times. So I can totally see where De Gaulle's like really jaded about this shit and would be super paranoid and angry about such things. But while all of that is true, it also does not mean that Charles de Gaulle has understanding of the of the, of the nature of um, internal American intelligence apparatuses and the state of American politics in 1963. It is really strange to make this weird appeal to authority from Charles de Gaulle. It's like, yeah, this guy in France like looked at how the president was whacked and was like, oh, the, the CIA did that shit 100%. Let me tell you, bub. And it's like, thanks, Pill Charles de Gaulle. You're the you're the best. I've I've always wanted to hear from you about who killed the president. <laughs> and then we get Castro, and Castro is like, oh man, this sucks. This is this is super bad. And my favorite part about the Castro quote is that the uh, Castro states, if they do not find the person who did this very quickly, they will try to blame this on us. And then Reiner's just like, and they did. And again, we didn't go to war with Cuba. The Warren Commission was designed to absolve Cuba of any blame for the assassination of President Kennedy. It is the strangest thing to claim that uh, the assassination of President Kennedy was a like a like a motive for war, a cause belle, or however you say that. Where like we did we this was not like the WMDs in Iraq or anything. This was literally, yeah, they said that Oswald was a communist because it's true he was. And then they were like, oh yeah, by the way, um, Cuba and Russia had nothing to do with it. So just calm down. It was just Oswald. They were moving along. Oh, that that unlocked the the moment from my brain. We we get another we add another quick edition of Lee Harvey Oswald, the saddest boy to end the episode where they were just like, and then the reporter tells Oswald he has been charged. I know and his Oswald, face. Did you see his face? Oh, he was the saddest little puppy. Oh, he couldn't believe they were charging him with killing the president. Oh, look at Oswald. He's so sad. Oh, the weight of the world's crumbling upon that man's shoulders. He's going to be blamed <laughs> for everything. And it's like, you know why? Cause he fucking did it. It's really not that hard. It's like, 
they they just Soledad and Reiner are just so sympathetic to Oswald. It's just like you can see the shock on Oswald's face when he finds out he's being charged with murdering the president. And it's it's like he's yeah. realizing the implications of it all. The the horrific crime is about to be pinned on him. That's what it, Reiner says. Because he knows yeah. his state of mind. Rob <laughs> Reiner is so he's so he he just knows so much about the JFK assassination. He literally knows what long dead people were thinking at the time that all this happened. Yeah. Uh, I, I, you're going to hit me with so much hypocrisy in episode 10. It's going to be great. <laughs> no, well, I mean, the thing is, is that like, I have to, when I give my big speech at the end, it's like, the thing is, is I, I kind of have to kind of frame Os, what I think Oswald's state of mind at the time was, which I admit I'm spitballing, but like, it's just, he's presenting this as facts though. Right. You know, and his random, his rant, Oswald, Oswald, not knowing what he's what he was gonna do the day uh, of the assassination, and not knowing anything, but knowing that he's gonna be part of something big, but he doesn't know what, and then he realizes it's actually the assassination of the president, is a pretty big fucking claim. <laughs> and he kind of like he he he. That's a that's a key. That's a key point in his greater theory. Uh, is like, yeah. Th- what what oswald was thinking <laughs> at the time and right. then on the next point they get they go in, they go on and on about this i don't know if we've said this yet but they absolutely love that he said he was a patsy he didn't just say he was innocent he went as far as to say he was a patsy everybody and we need to know that that means he's innocent <laughs> yeah every fucking episode they bring up the patsy claim and this I've... time they brought it up at least three times at least three times they yeah yeah, yeah. it's so brutal it's so brutal so so we we got sad boy oswald again and it and, and the thing about all of this is to me is it's just like what and they also had this. They had, they did the, the Raleigh phone call where they're just like Oswald tried to call this guy. We don't know why. When we got a hold of that guy, the guy was like, "I don't know what the fuck that's all about." But it turned out that guy was was in military intelligence, so who knows what he's all about? But it's just this thing where Oswald is screwed, and he has to know he's screwed. Yet the whole time that Oswald's screwed and knows he's screwed, he keeps playing the game. As if the rules still apply to him. Like, according to Reiner's whole theorem, Oswald runs to the theater because that's where he's supposed to meet his CIA contact to get information about what just went wrong with this plot. Even though he should, at that point, know that he's already fucked and that, like, there bad things are afoot. And then after he gets arrested, he tries to call this guy as a quote-unquote cutout to get to his case officer. Why is he doing these things? If I'm Lee Harvey Oswald and I'm in front of the press, I'm just like, my CIA case handler is Jim Smith. Uh, Bob Harris at this address was the guy that told me to get the... Ruth Payne got me the job at the Texas School Book Depository. She's knee-deep in the CIA. I'm spilling my guts the second I get in front of a microphone because I know I'm dead. I know it's all over. I know I'm fucked. So it's like, I don't understand why Oswald's like trying to contact his agent at the CIA at the theater. Why is he trying to contact a cutout on a phone call? It's like, dude, you got a, you got a live mic on national television with the world watching you. 
Fucking air their dirty laundry. Ruin them. Ruin their asses, Lee. And Lee's just like, I'm just a patsy. I'd like a lawyer, please. No, I didn't kill anybody. Take me back to my cell now. And it's like, that that's that's your that's your way to get back at the people who put you in this spot, Lee. That's that's your that's your bold gambit. It's like, what are we doing here? Like, why did you not tell the Dallas police any of this? Why are you uh, it's it's so wild that this guy had like 48 hours to snitch and then just doesn't because reasons. I can I can assure you if this happened something like this happened to me, I am laying waste to the planet the moment the cops show up. I'm like, arms up, and I'm like, boom. Here is everything I know about everyone. Do you have a tape recorder on you? Well, then transcribe what I'm saying. Go get a tape recorder. Everyone's going down for this shit right now. Right now. Oh, you're just going to shoot me? Fine. I, I accept that. I mean, like, all of what Reiner and these conspiracy theory people are talking about, it would make a lot more sense if the Dallas police just killed Oswald on site. Because then he couldn't have talked. He'd just be dead and be over. And then you could make any bullshit up you wanted about it. But Oswald literally was in front of the press a couple times, being having people yell at him and putting microphones in front of him. And he was just like, ah, I'd like <laughs> I really enjoyed that PB&J I had on the second floor with no witnesses. That's, that's my excuse. Didn't kill the president. Leave me alone, please. I'm just a patsy. Boom, seared in the Rob Reiner's brain forever. Patsy. So, anyways, um, so Charles de Gaulle pilled Fidel Castro sad. But then we get to Nikita Khrushchev, who's my favorite, because the story that he has told, that Reiner has told through these podcasts up to this moment, is that Richard K. Snagel was told by the KGB that there was a plan to kill President Kennedy and that Lee Harvey Oswald was super important to that plan. And then Khrushchev gets the phone call that Kennedy has been murdered and he like falls to his knees. He starts weeping. And it's like, if I'm Nikita Khrushchev and I knew all of these things and then Kennedy gets murdered, I'm not falling to my knees and weeping. I am going into my office and I am breaking shit and I am calling up the head of the KGB and being like, Hey, how did you fucking let this happen? We knew about this a long time ago. I told you to stop this. And the head of the KGB is like, Nikita, buddy, amigo, compadre, shit happens. Mistakes were made. I'm so sorry. Because, like, uh, the story was, Nagel was supposed to kill Kennedy. It was supposed to kill Oswald. He killed Kennedy. Nagel was killing Kennedy in the conspiracy. Freudian slip. But, uh... Mm. Nagel was supposed to kill Oswald so he couldn't kill Kennedy, and then Nagel chickened out and couldn't do it, and then Nagel shot up a bank in order to go to jail and not be a part of it. Nagel shot up the bank and got arrested in on September 20th, 1963. Ah, hold on. Ah, sorry, sorry. Haley having some horrifying I, I i can only assume that rob reiner is hacking your computer no it's okay my 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 phone just started playing something and i knew the audio was on and i did not want that on the <laughs> podcast oh come on <laughs> you, you you can air your pornography with us it's, it's okay. not pornography it's not pornography <laughs> listeners will all think it's pornography and you know what that's fine you can think that okay well 
anyway, I mean, my, my monologues are boring. I would look at porn too. So it's, it's... <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. I wasn't. I just got. <laughs> but anyways, uh, so Nagel shoots up the bank on September 20th. You've got over two months between then and the assassination of President Kennedy to do something to stop it. Now, the other thing that I love about this whole theory is that, like, Nagel's story is that Nagel and Oswald were like intelligence bros that were working together to try to uh, recruit communist people to join America. And then the, the KGB thought they flipped Nagel, but he was actually a double agent still working for the CIA. If I was a KGB officer, why would I try to have an intelligence bro kill another intelligence bro? I mean, I might think that'd be difficult for Nagel to kill his buddy Oswald. Instead, what I would probably do is I'd be like, yo, Mr. Nagel, we need you to locate Mr. Oswald for us. We just want to keep tabs on him. And then once Nagel's like, hey, uh, Oswald lives here. This is what he's doing. This is what's going on. And then Nagel's KGB officer is like, very good work, Mr. Nagel. Here's a pile of ruples. Now uh, leave us alone. And then the case officer calls up Boris and Vladimir, and they go take care of Oswald. And that, that shit's done. And by the same token, once Nagel shoots up the bank and he's taking himself out of play, Nagel's case officer still has the file that says CIA trying to kill President Kennedy. Need Lee Harvey Oswald to frame for that operation. That dude can still call up Vladimir and Boris and tell them, look, guys, uh, instead of just murdering Oswald, I need you to find Oswald and murder him. And it's very important because if you don't, the president of the United States, who Khrushchev, our leader, wants to keep alive, will die. And then they just fuck it up and they get and they get Kennedy killed anyways. Like the the whole Nagel story is so ridiculous when you think about it, because Reiner's telling us the story that Khrushchev heard about it and he starts weeping and he falls to his knees and he's heartbroken. Kennedy's been ripped away from him. Kennedy, who was going to lead us on a path to peace, which is the only thing they enjoy saying more than Patsy from Oswald. God, do we have to hear about the path to peace so very often. But um, this part gets to me also because Reiner and Soledad hate the Russians in this series. If you so much as even express interest in in wanting to learn Russian, you are suspicious in this podcast. But this part of the episode, uh, because it's convenient to the narrative that they want to tell, um, is that they're saying that it's it's completely counterintuitive to think that the Soviets or the Cubans had anything to do with this. Kennedy was trying to forge a path towards peace with them. He was their great hope, which made me want to puke. Um, but his part of his proof is of this is yeah, like that um Khrushchev like fell on his knees supposedly and sobbed, but also that the Soviet Party newspaper ran a biography depicting Kennedy as a champion of peace. So it's like you had suspicion about absolutely every Russian person who was so much interested in Russia whatsoever, but when the Soviet Party newspaper was like Kennedy Kennedy was forging a path to peace. They're like, look, that's proof. We can never take the Soviets at their at their word unless their word validates what we think, in mm -hmm. which case the Soviets are totally on the up and up and we're totally in favor of that mm -hmm. shit. Yeah. Not that I'm saying anything about anything. It's just funny what Rob picks and chooses is acceptable 
Russian information. Oh, yeah. I mean, this was the exact same thing about like how we can't trust anyone from the CIA unless those people from the CIA are saying what we want to hear, in which they <laughs> absolutely have to take them at their word that they're saying the right things. Yeah. This is the, the narrative that they're preaching, which is that if you if something validates us, it is good. If something does not validate us, it is bad. It is just that. It is just this cut and dry, black and white, super obvious what they're doing sort of thing. And it's very silly. I mean, it's just a very it's it's a very one sided, very slanted documentary. This is why they left the interview with Gerald Posner on the cutting room floor, because Posner was pushing back and was like saying things that they didn't want to have to deal with. They just wanted the vision of Rob Reiner exposing the conspiracy which he promises us he will do in episode 10. Now, I'm going to let you all in on a little secret. Episode 10 is the most disappointing piece of media I have ever dealt with in JFK assassination lore. This upcoming episode. Now, my pod, reviewing that pod will be great because I'm going to take a flamethrower to it because I'm so goddamn angry about what they did. I honestly was going down a little rabbit hole last night about Mr. Typewriter. (laughs) (laughs) that is the only good thing that came out of episode 10 was Chucky the typewriter the only good thing that came out of episode 10 was the hilarious fact that we had the murderer of the president being named Chucky the typewriter Um, if listeners want to I'm trying to go down the rabbit hole of where the typewriter name came from the nickname it's not on the wikipedia page it's not on biography.com it's not on any of that shit if any listeners know why notorious mobster Chucky the typewriter, alleged true assassin of John F. Kennedy, got the name nickname type the typewriter. Let me know. Yes, that, I I would I also would like to hear this. I would also like to know this. But yeah, so this episode was full of lies. Um, Ruby, like it is, it is criminal to me to start a podcast by stating we're going to put out all the facts and let you make the decision and then not bring up the western union trip that's really a big one that's a real big important thing that that is a uh, actual documented bit of evidence you cannot get around the western union trip that ruby took but reiner just ignores it and reiner knows he's lying because he literally said 1117 he literally said 1117 on the podcast which is very important that he said that. So it's wild. It's just wild that uh, he said those things. Just pre- the free pay, the free play, fair play for Cuba thing. Just all the little bits of information about Ruby are, I don't know, just nonsense. And but at the very least, he did something. At the very least, this episode was like a, a try. It was an attempt to paint a narrative and to build a story. And boy, howdy, when we get to episode 10, we're not going to do any of that. So, yeah, get ready for four names and a whole lot of spin next week. And uh, as a result, um, I'm going to be I'm gonna be good and proper wound up. So, like, next Sunday, we record this usually Sunday afternoon. So next Sunday is going to be incredible because I'm going to get to be incredibly upset for 
an hour to 90 minutes on the podcast about episode 10. And then the Super Bowl happened almost like a few hours later. So I was like, Oh boom. shit. Is the Super Bowl next week? Yep. The, yep next, this upcoming Sunday is going to be uh, our glorious finale to this uh, podcasting series. And then the superb owl will be uh, battled for in uh, Las Vegas, Nevada. So yeah, that'll be a hoot and a holler. So uh, thank you everybody for listening. Uh, thanks Eric for the JFK intro bump. Thanks me and DJ minimal effort for the music. Uh, go to patreon.com slash poker politics to give me money. Cause I like money. It is wonderful and lovely. And I have much less of it than Rob Reiner and Soledad O'Brien have, even though they are lying scum and I'm not, if you don't want to give me money and you want to, Throw some money somewhere else. Go to love146.org and help them fight human trafficking. Boom. Thanks, Haley, for being here for another week of this nonsense, even though she was watching pornography at the end. And I was not. It was not. It was literally not. I don't care if the listeners think that, though. That's fine. You could think I'm a freak. It's fine. Fair enough. Fair enough. Good I'm wearing speed. pants, you yes. know, so it's uh, whatever. I'm wearing shorts. Good speed, <laughs> patriots. <laughs> Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.